0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good evening, Bruhima Baim. Good after, early morning, uh, noontime to uh, people listening overseas. Uh, to all of the mothers celebrating Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day to the wonderful mothers uh, and to my wife Bobby in particular. And um, I'd like to wish happy birthday to my mom today for, on Mother's Day. It's her birthday today. So this evening uh, we have a Perik uh, membet which is our third foray into Yeshayahu's uh, foreign Swarm mission to bring consolation, Nechama, to Klal Yisrael. So let's read the Perak. I think you're going to find this evening's shir uh, lean and precise, uh, because uh, uh, <laughs> we want to give people a little bit of a rest from the intensity that we've had over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, this, this peric has got some very interesting and very exciting ideas. So here we go. <speaking in Hebrew> so, Yeshayahu begins this peric with referring to his servant. And we'll see who his servant is. <speaking in> Bechiri, <Hebrew> my chosen one. rastan <speaking in Hebrew> the person, or the nation, we might say, um, that my heart desires. Natati Now they have Ruach HaKodesh, so now we have an idea exactly about who we're talking about. Mishpat lagoyim yotzi. The purpose of all of this, says Yeshayahu, is so HaKodesh Baruch Hu will bring his Mishpat to the entire world. Now I'm foreshadowing what's to be our first uh part of the uh shear tonight. Lo Yitzak Velo Yisa Velo Yashmia Bachutzko Kaneratsut Loyzbo Upishta Keha Loyhbana lemet Yotsi Mishpat Loyikha Velo Yahutz Adyasim Bahrit Mishpat Ulotorato Iim Yehlu. So uh you can hear the cadence uh you can count the number of times it says lo, and you can see the references to Mishpat we won't be spending that much time on Mishpat t- t- tonight, uh, but again, those who have been with us all along, we know that the essential mesh- message of and Navi is to talk about Tzedakah and Mishpat. Those are his main and central themes. And so we continue. Ko <laughs> aleha so here in the second part of, of our Perch Membet, we have a Kodesh Baruch Hu making reference to himself via the Navi as be, be, being Borei Shemaim. This is the God of creation. This is the God who gave the Neshama to the Jewish people. Ve'ruach. Uh, and this spirit, this incredible spirit, Laholchimba. So all of those of you who've been waiting uh, to uh, focus in on the chosenness, so to speak, of the Jewish people, uh, the idea that we're supposed to be a light unto the nations. Yes, we've heard uh, lots about this throughout Jewish history. Well, here it is in our Perik Perik Membet. But what in the world is Britan? And what does it really mean to be l'orgoyim? We'll see. And we'll see that in the context of the following psukim here. So this light is associated with people who have been sightless, suddenly being able to see clearly and to take them out of their incarcerated places the prisons, so to speak, the people who have been sitting in spiritual and physical darkness. <speaking in Hebrew> this is written here in red. I uh, highlighted it in red. Uh, to, you hear the thunderous voice of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We've We've had this theme throughout uh, on many different layers and levels. We hear HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, that I'm the one who's speaking this, and this is about my mishpat, and this, and I am the, the God of the universe, and that status of being the deity that runs the world and who created the world is not given over to all the psilim, the getchus, these pieces of wood uh, that we mocked, that we read about mocking last week. <laughs> Uh, So here we have reference to the power of the Navi and the testing point of the Navi that we recognize uh, from the Torah when the Torah speaks about the difference between a truthful prophet and Nevi'eh Shekel, because the words of the Navi come, and they come true. And not only that, uh, he's not like the the weather forecasters or the newspaper uh, pundits who tell you yesterday's news uh, today, uh, th- this is the Navi bringing you Hashem's news and what's going to be uh, in, uh, in the future, and all of a sudden, right in the middle of this parak, <coughs> and again, I want to remind you all that this is a parak that's about consolation, about nechama, and what does the Navi do here? Mm-hmm. So here's this uh, Tehillim-like psalm-like sing to Hashem a new song. We'll uh, reference this a little bit later on. Emir Hashem, and the song is calling out for people all over the world, uh, people who were in the live, live in the deserts, you know, who might be the Bedouins of of that day. Um, people who are spread out in uninhabited areas, uh, maybe the people of Petra, who were Yoshei Sela, at the top of mountains, and they're all going to scream out, and what are they going to scream out? They're going to give the due glory and the due uh, the, the, the true honor to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, and the, his praises will be sung in the farthest isles, perhaps in Greece, even in Italy. Adonai Kagi etzei ki we made brief reference to this last week. Uh, again, I'm going to touch on it here um, and, and not go into depth. But God has enemies because there are all these other nations who have been privileging and, and saying that, uh, that there are other uh, forces in the universe who are greater than HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And so this Shir Hadash is all about the acknowledgement of Malchus Shamayim. Hechasheti <laughs> describes himself in waiting for this moment of the shir chadash, the birth of the message of Hashem being the God of, of the world, like an impatient birthing mother. So here, there are going to be changes in nature, uh, that are going to parallel this process of HaKadosh Baruch Hu really turning the world upside down and letting everybody know uh, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu not only created the world, but he created the world with a very particular purpose, which in some ways is no way more clear, nowhere in Yeshayahu clearer than in our peric, the 42nd perech. V'holachti ivrim bederech LoYedau," I will lead the, the people who are sightless um, in a way that they they didn't know was there. I'll take them through pathways and highways. I'll take them, you know, if you want to be a little bit of an existentialist here, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, I'm going to lead the world on a journey uh, that, they've, that they've never seen before. HaMevin Yavin to our days. And in this Shir Khadash portion, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, That everything that was dark, everything that was unclear, everything that was going to was confused, is going to be clarified, enlightened, and brightened. Anything that was in the way, anything that was an obstacle to faith, to obstacle to the Jewish people, is going to be put aside. And why is Hashem going to do these things? Hashem has his own agenda. But that apart, Ela HaDevarim Asitim Velo azavtim. HaKadosh Baruch, who promised Moshe Rabbeinu, who promised the Avot, he promised the Nevi'im to tell the Jewish people that no matter what we go through, no matter how forsaken we may feel, uh, that's in our human perception, and which we are entitled to. But it's in, the imperative in Perik Membet is to remember Velo <speaking> azavtim. <in Hebrew> you are not forsaken I am not a clockworker God. I am not uh, unaware of the tsaris and the pain and hardship that you have. So here again you see the contrast. One, we've been very familiar with this uh, opposites in, in the same idea. Hayomahu uh, can only happen when the botchim ba'pesel. Who actually think that they're uh, that the images that they have created, whether they're screen images or images of uh, of wood and silver or gold, uh, they think they're the true uh, masters of the universe. And so the 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 uh, exciting part of this shir hadash is it's not only the sightless but people who have made themselves deaf and mute, uh, people who are just didn't want to listen. Uh, there's an irony here because, of course, we have Hashman lev v'oznav v'aznav ha'sha, where Yeshayahu himself uh, speaks to this paradoxically as we spoke in Perak Aleph, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was not given Yeshayahu an easy task, nor is he given any of the Nivim an easy task. So this is the way it's been in the past. There's, there's this incredible pandemic, uh, so to speak. You'll, you'll I apologize for overusing the term, uh, but it's a sightlessness. It's it's a mutism. Uh, it's an inability to hear. It's a deafness to the Dvar Hashem in the realization of not only that Hashem runs the world, but there's a way that a Kodesh Baruch Hu wants to run the world. And here it is. Pasuk we say so often, so frequently, now we... There's nothing more gishmak, if you will. There's nothing more exciting than taking a Pasuk that we read uh, uh, from the Siddur every day and seeing it in its true context and in, in, in its incredible depth and light. Arinoi chafeitz leman tzidkow. There's that word tzedeq, yagil Torah v'yadir. Very familiar, but as we're going to see shortly, very perplexing in Sefer Yeshayahu. Vehu am bazuz v'shasui hafeach b'churim kula. Uvatekla'im hachba'u hayu lavaz ve'in matzil lemeshisa. Here, Yeshayahu, the master of the, the uh, Hebrew language, um, uh, the uh, the uh, he's, he's talking about uh, uh, the the desperate situation that the Jewish people are in vis-a-vis the other nations of the world. Uh, we're a nation that's denigrated, where we don't get any respect, uh, um, and and we're subject to all sorts of uh, difficulties and uh, all sorts of torments. And Yeshayahu turns the word pach, as in a trap, and he says, Hafeach The strongest, the best of our people, uh, the bachurim, are entrapped in their own inability to hear and to attach themselves to Torah. So here again, the enigmatic uh, phrase that we picked up last week, HaKadosh Baruch was asking people, the Jewish people in the world, to listen, and to what? Last week we talked about reading backwards, now the Navi is saying, I want you to listen backwards. It's almost as if that in the present, there are echoes that we're supposed to be hearing from the past, and the and the past is somehow informing us about the future, because in our current state of hearing, we are so deaf, we are so callous, we're so unaware of what we 're supposed to be doing, that we need the echoes of the past to enlighten us, Yisrael who was it that gave the Jewish people over to the other nations to be tormented? The cause of all these troubles is the fact that that we we have been sinful and the fact that we've ignored Ha Baruch Hu and his laws and we haven't followed Lo Avu Bidrakhav we were not interested in the way that the Torah was instructed we were looking for shortcuts we were looking for things that were more convenient or more appealing or more profitable Holoch shamu hashem torah here's a second reference to torahot Uh, And this is, and we want to understand what is Yeshayahu really mean here by Torah Again, we'll get to that in just a moment. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu has brought all these terrible events, and that having been said, uh, it takes, we need a a mission from Yeshayahu Hanavi to try and come and bring the world into step with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So again, we started out with something that I think is really shocking. You know, when you think about Yeshayahu is a master of language, um, we saw his creativity in creating the word hafeach from the word pach. Now, one of the things we've sp- spoken about in the past is Yeshayahu uses these monosyllabic sounds to just gr- grab his audience. Now, remember, he doesn't, you know doesn't have the benefit of a band, you know, no. There, there's no, there's no internet, uh, you know, the, he, he's showing up a, a lone speaker, he has no choir, there's no Greek chorus, so how he says things is really very important. So we had the word hoy, and we spoke lots about hoy as being, uh, you know, all the different interpretations of what the word hoy is. So here we have a string seven times Lo, low, low, velo, low, velo, velo. Low, below. No, no, no. I mean, think about how primal no is. Um, uh, is children, uh, what defines a, a, a child coming into intelligence is the ability to say no. They haven't learned how to say yes, yet, but you know, the terrible twos. No, no, no. What a strange beginning. We're in the third chapter of what's supposed to be Pirkei Nechama, why is, what in the world is Yeshayahu doing by starting a parak that's supposed to tell us that everything's going to be okay and we'll be fine and that we should be consoled uh, by going, no, 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 no. The Jewish nation that's listening for further consolation is awaiting words of comfort. What measure of comfort are we supposed to draw from a barrage of negatives? So this is n- not quite as shocking as last week's parak when Yeshayahu said, shut up and listen, but we wonder what all these string of, what's the string of no's? And what is the connection between these no's and the beginning of the peric of Avdi Bechiri? We don't see an obvious connection. Again, what is the connection between all these no's? And he's talking about a positive sense. You're Avdi and Bechiri, followed by all these no's. So, for example, what does our status as being bikhiri, Avdi, the chosen servants of Hashem, have to do with this imperative? and that we should not cry out or, you know, the nose about, don't cry out, don't raise your voices. So uh, we're going to try and find a key into this, uh, into the strange and offsetting beginning of uh, Perik Membet by looking at uh, Rashi and the Malbim. And Rashi and Malbim uh, give us some very interesting ideas about what this is about says, Rashi Bechiri, so who, we asked at the very beginning, at the outset, who are Bechiri? So Rashi says, well, Kiyakov Yaakov lo Rashi remembered his I um, Don't know if Rashi said Tehilim every day, but he certainly wrote a parish to it. And so Bechiri uh, is, is Israel, the, the God's chosen people, the children of Yaakov. Kiyakov Yaakov lo We'll come back to this later, but there's something about these no's that contains a secret, and it has something to do about how things are supposed to end up. Rashi doesn't quite get there and tell us, but he does say in, in, the, in Pasuk Bet, if you look at the yellow highlighted part, sheheh ma'atzmam yavo l'mod mehem, so says Rashi, and he says it even more emphatically in, in Pasuk Gimel, is that the reason that we have all these no, 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 is our Kaddish Baruch saying, you know what? Here's the consolation. In, in, the, in the future, you won't have to strain yourselves. You won't have to be out there selling... Uh, Chabad's going to be out of business. You're not going to have to be out there looking for people on the street uh, to put Tillin on or to... Uh, we don't proselytize anyways. But the Goyim themselves, the other nations, um, are the no, 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 you won't have to say anything to them. They're going to be coming by themselves, says Rashi. And the Malbim adds uh, a little uh, different perspective, but along the same lines. Uh, <laughs> and, you know... Uh, I've said many times, quoting my Rebbeim, you know that uh, you know, Mashiach and the experience of Mashiach is going to be a scary business. Uh, but here, uh, the Malbim says something very, very interesting about the nature of Mashiach. How do how do the low, low, lows, these seven no's, have to do with the with the coming of Mashiach? So the Malbim tells us that uh, look at the bottom one, the second one here, because that's he really just says it so so neatly and so concisely. In Yan nevuato ushlihuto Tiem mikol shluchei shuh. HaKadosh Baruch, who says, uh, you know, all the other Nevi'im, all the other prophets are going to be jealous in a way, those are my words, uh, uh, of the Mashiach, because the Mashiach is going to have it easy. He's not gonna have to do, he's not gonna have to raise his voice, Velo Yitzhak He's not going to have to do anything because the nations of the world are going to be coming to him, but and they're going to be so ready when the Mashiach comes that the Mashiach is really just going to have to tell things as they are and explain things. I and mean, He's not going to be fighting the terrible uphill battle uh, that was the lot of uh, Yeshayahu and certainly Yirmiyahu and, and Hosea and the others. So the essential mes- message here is basically that and this is where the first point of consolation and we will have four this evening if you're looking to organize your thinking anticipate four different messages of consolation and the first is basically no worries whether the world will receive this reach this level of understanding on their own or whether the mashiach uh, will come and make that clear to them uh, the the no's say, basically, there's nothing to, to, you know, be worried about. Uh, you won't have to exert yourselves. You just need to be doing because in when Hakarish Baruch comes and brings the final Nechama, uh, our job will be to be ruig, to be, ruhig, to be uh, ready, and to be prepared to receive and to watch the world around us change in a very different way that it's changing today. So, to the extent that mourners typically ask something on the order of, what will be, right? Nebuch, you know, you go to, uh, to be Menachem Ovil, and people will say, what will be now? What will be? So, Yishayahu, the great Menachem, the great comforter, says that notwithstanding the terrible losses uh, that we've suffered throughout our, our history, the, the future of the Jewish people is both bright and secure, and he told us in this first message of Nechama, through these no's, no, 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 you won't have to exert yourself, you won't have to scream, you won't have to cry out, uh, you're going to have students from, who are going to be thirsty for Torah Hashem. So the first message is that things will actually get a lot easier. What kind of person, uh, what person who's in a, in a difficult place and is looking and hearing words of comfort, would like to hear anything more wonderful, what would be more music to people's ears, than saying, not only will it be better, but in Shemit it will get easier. I'm sure that those are words that uh, we can certainly c- connect to. Now, uh, the second part of, uh, of the shir tonight uh, it, it, we it deals with the business of the blind and the deaf. Uh, we talked about the, uh, the ivrim and the choshech, and we talked about uh, the people who don't hear and all of that. And what we want to do is take a deeper look at that tonight and see if we can understand something more about that. So, uh, looking to Pasuk Zion seven, um, and here the topic of the Pasuk is Ivrot, right? To take to take the unsighted and allow those their eyes, their vision to be clear. And what is it that's going on? They're taken out, they're redeemed. Mi Mi they're taken out of imprisonment. yosh Choshech. So in the second part of the parak tonight, what we're talking about, or what we're hoping to take a look at, is that sightlessness and darkness and the inability to hear are connected with the pain of Golos, of being in exile. So we're no strangers in this year, certainly, uh, to the idea that, uh, that uh, the Be'ulah uh, has everything to do with light and dark. We we learned in in parakhet, haolchim b'chosheh ra'u or gadol. In that case, we were talking about San uh, the siege of Jerusalem, and how the inhabitants of Jerusalem had their darkest hour. And how in the morning everything became bright. That's one level of understanding ha'amolchim ra'u or gadol, but there's another dimension to to the to the dark. And, to, and being unable to hear and just not being able, being sort of uncomfortably uh, stuck in, in, a, in a space in life where our, 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 our senses are just not giving us enough stimulation and enough information to really know what's going on. And on a spiritual level, and on an emotional level, th- th- these emotions that are are usually tied with deep despair... And, uh, you know, on the level of consolation, uh, people who need consolation are often people whose lives have become darkened by circumstances. So what's the first thing that we notice about uh, being uh, a seer in in Kela? So if you ask anybody who's been sent to prison, or even people who have been locked in their homes for months at a time, the first thing that you notice is that there's a loss of freedom. That's very physical. If you are incarcerated, you can't leave the place that you're in, um, and that's very limiting and that's very pa- painful. Second, we understand that imprisonment in a long exile uh, has resulted in a kind of spiritual apathy. It, it's not uncommon uh, if somebody's been a prisoner, uh, whether it's been in a you know in a in a, in a penal institution or a concentration camp. Uh, or even, uh, in some ways, to a lesser extent, the reality, the strange reality that we're living after in now. When you have a loss of freedom, people stop caring about things. That's what apathy means. And in the world of apathy, um, which is part of the grief, right? It not caring, you know, you lose people you care about, you lose things that you care about, you lose freedoms that you care about. There's also a spiritual apathy that's why people aren't hearing hashem that's not, because now they've lost the hope so to speak that there really may be a way out now if we turn to to the Chazal, we find that the idea of darkness of this discomfort you know it's not just that we're amongst other nations we're uncomfortable but the entire idea of being an exile this darkness, we're, we're uncomfortable because we we can't find our way around. You just think about the last time you left your uh, your bedroom, uh, trying to walk through a, a house until you find the light switch. It's it can be very disorienting. Uh, so I, let's have a look at uh, how Chazal look at darkness in terms of Galut. So we look first to the Medrash Lekachtov in Shir Shirim, where the lovers. It says Bikashti Velomit right? The beloved is looking for the dod and says the ze hagalut. This is the length of of Galut. And he compares the Jewish people to being people who are ill and they're, they're, they're bedridden and, and, and they, they can't get out of it like their days have become nights. So you find Umar Levi Amra blavi amra knesest shloshne akorish bahu rebonosh shlala mishava yiti meir le bein laila vayon belel mitrayim lelaila shl bavel In the past akorish bahu you you brought us out of darkness bein lel shl bavel lel lel madai uh you know we we went from exile to to exile bein lel madai lel yavan bein lel yavan lel Edom, we've been through so many forms of darkness. So this is this is really just so contemporary. Uh, what is the effect of being estranged from your environment? Um, what the midrash Letak Tov says that we used to have a sense, and we had hope, you know, that we could count the moments, we could count the time. And we would understand the difference between night and day of freedom and, 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 and exile. But, you know, as I talk to people uh, about their experience of, of what we're going through right now, uh, one of the first things that I personally experience, and other people seem to be very much aware of this, there's a kind of time warp that comes with being in exile, of being estranged from your environment and our ability to tell days from nights is weakened. And these seemingly endless nights of exile overshadow the boundaries between days and nights to the point where time becomes one long blur. And when things become a long blur and you really lose the the sensation and the excitement of the dawn of a new day, that's where hopelessness and apathy usually take form. The Sifra... Another medrash tells us that when it comes to the pains of pains of exile, uh, Bnei Yisrael, our people, are particularly vulnerable. Look at the Sifra uh, in the part that's that's uh, underlined. He says, Israel. the Jewish people have a particularly difficult time with exile." So you know why? Why are the Jewish people so in need of consolation? You know what's so terrible about exile? It's it's uncomfortable. Uh, it's it's an unhappy thing, to, to circumstance to be in. The Sifra says something really so plain and simple, and so self-evident. Baruch Hashem, here in Israel, we experience it to a lesser degree. But historically, when Jews go into exile, they're not like other nations. Other nations, you know, they're used to being, you know. Commiserating and and having uh, people who are are of this more like them, when the Jewish people go into Galut, and our terrible history bears this out so strongly, we're not amongst friends. We're we're uncomfortable, and that's what the Sifra means by saying that that uh, the the punishment of of Galut is particularly painful and difficult uh, uh, for the Jewish people to tolerate. The Sifri, in contrast with the Sifra. ...focused on exile within the larger context of divinely decreed punishment and suffering. In plain English, the Sifri will say, you see it there in the uh, highlighted yellow... Kashahi galut, she shkula hakol. You know, there is something about galut, of being in exile, of losing your freedom... ...and living among strange nations, that's... ...it's the worst, it's the worst possible punishment that anyone could experience... Galut, in, you know, we, we're so used to the language of, you know, mitzvah of or this mitzvah of Talmud Torah, as kineget kulam, the sifri turns the phrase around upside down and says that there's something about, about galut itself, which is worse, it's more painful than any other kind of uh, suffering. So from a more objective point of view, exile is so severe uh, that, that it's intolerable. And finally, coming to the end of this portion of the shir, we have the idea of a Hester Panim, which is about darkness. The, 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 the glowing sunshine, the sunshine of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence is gone. And so uh, in the context of this chapter, this means that uh, in Hester Panim, in the state of Hester Panim, uh, we lose our connection, our spiritual connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a very particular way. And here, the Malbim, uh, it, it, don't, be, uh, don't be put off by the size of the quote. Uh, the idea that the Malbim presents is, is typically very crisp and very clear. The Malbim says that the darkness that comes with Hester Punim is that we have a loss of dot, we, 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 we become confused. And the Malbim, if you look over here at the bottom, he tells you exactly what that confusion is. He says So the the Malbim says that the eternal question, you know, that Jewish people ask themselves as well, you know, in thinking about Yagdil Torah Yadir, we get all these mitzvot, we get all these Torah, we get. And you would think that life would be easier for us. So why are we living in such a terrible set of circumstances? Why are we an in... that's bazui vishasui? So the malbim reminds us that uh, you know, this doesn't happen by, in, in any random fashion. Uh, the reason that we're in these terrible circumstances is, is not because, uh, that, because uh, of the way people think that that they've got their cause and effect m- messed up. The logic is faulty. The true cause of this is that um, we needed to follow Torah and mitzvot, and we didn't, and that's why we're in terrible circumstances. It's not the other way around. So what the Malbim is really presenting here is something that's a main theme in Kabbalistic, um, the, uh, uh, the Torah of Kabbalah. And certainly, a is the idea of galut uh, hadat. Uh, this is the idea that we can not only be physically or even spiritually uh, in exile or in the dark, but in terms of our level of comprehension, and here we're particularly talking about our, com- our comprehension of our Kodesh um, uh, that we can be in a terrible state of confusion, uh, like the Malbim said, where we can't tell the difference between cause and effect. Um, you have a Gemara in that says dada Dabe, which is a reference to Das. If somebody has Das, Kula be, and if you don't have Das, you've got nothing. Uh, there's a Rosh Hashiva from Ramat Gan, Yeshivat Ramat Gan, called Yoshua Shapira, who had a very nice article. I just quote you two lines of it. He says, "This, this, this loss of dot, of wisdom, of discernment, is in the pninimis of Torah that we we just really that's what Galut does." The, the terrible effect of Galut, and in fact, in the world of Hasidus, the entire reason for going to uh, going the Jews going down to Mitzrayim was because Galut uh, th- was the place that dot got lost in. Um, maybe we'll have an opportunity in another year to talk about it. But the simple idea is that in, in after the flood. Uh, the awareness of God, of an intimate relationship with God that Oda Marishon had, uh, all that wisdom, so to speak, got exiled and lost uh, after Dor HaMabul and Dor Aflaga and wound up in Egypt. Uh, I just want to mention briefly here that there are two very exciting ideas or interesting ideas or different ideas about Galut that are mentioned by the Ramchal and the Maharal. So the... Uh, <laughs> The ever-optimistic Maral says that if you're living in Golis, that's the best Raya. You could just hear him saying it in Yiddish, right? Golis is the best Raya, so it's Kim in the gula. the optimistic point of view of, of Yiddishkeit. If we already experience galus, we know that the gula is only a, a step away. Uh, Rav Chaim, Moshe uh, Chaim Lutzato, the Ramchal, Tells us that well no the purpose of what what happens is galut we have work to do this is our, our opportunity to fix his his main theme is uh, the theme he keeps coming back to is letakein mashinut it's an opportunity so think about what we say in davening when we say Perik tzadi in 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 the sitter again binu hanota ozen im Think about this, this thing that we say in davening, in the perspective of Yeshayahu Membet. We need the light of Torah. We need uh, to have our dat that we've we've had in Galut. Uh, we need to have it shine out so we can understand what's going on. So to conclude this important part of our, our she'er, the blindness, the 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 sightlessness, is because we've we've lost our ability to perceive things correctly, and it's Torah, uh, uh, which <laughs> we're going to come to in a moment. What is Torah in Yeshayahu, uh, the the second mess of uh, of consolation is that uh, we will experience enlightenment if we stick with Torah because exile does not occur, occur randomly. The more we, we're Yagdil Torah V'yadir and in our day and time we have more Jews learning Torah than ever before, <coughs> we can be optimistic that those Torah teachings hopefully will help us understand the pain of exile and we ha- that gives us a way out. Now, uh, Torah, Torah, Torah. Uh, it's not Torah, Torah, Tziva, Lamed and, and it's not a reference to a uh, to a World War II uh, uh, Japanese movie, um, but uh, about Pearl Harbor. Uh, but at the end of the day, we find that Yeshayahu gives us three different understandings of what Torah is. So the Ben Call has been waiting for this all night. So the, the, the Ben Kol wants to know, what are you talking about, Rosenzweig? Three Torahs? Every Jew knows that there's one Torah. But if you look at Sefer Yeshayahu, you will see that we actually, this is the third encounter that we've had with the term Torah, and the third Torah in Yeshayahu. Has different meanings. We have Torah as instruction, we have Torah as documentation, and we have Torah Sinai. Panim Chadosh Bolakan. I'm asking, right? Ule Torah si iyim yeichalu. The world, the world, we said in in, in the fourth parak is waiting for instruction from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That instruction does not mean that it excludes Torah. But in, in, in any case, the, the word there seems to mean instruction. And, and you see it in, in, in the Rashi, I'll leave that for those who want to look at the Rashi more carefully. In Perek Bet, we have the, the, the classical uh, idea of Torah, of Sinai, right? We k'mitziyam t'etzei Torah. But in Perikhet Chet, in Yeshayahu, we read, surtu da chaton t'orah the so there we find Torah is a is a is a document. So returning to pasuk chafaluf yagdil Torah v'yadir. So which Torah is this there? What are we talking about here in our parak? So Rashi says Hashem chafeitz laharotchem livkoch as again the reference to becoming excited and and understanding leman leman magdilu madir lahem Torah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is after Tzedek. It's, is this Torah for Torah's sake, or is this Torah for the sake of righteousness? Ibn Ezra leaves no doubt that it's Torah for Torah's sake. Radak says, mm-hmm. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to be able to develop Torah ideas. Um, you see a similar, similar idea in the Abarbanel. But not everybody reads that Torah is Torah, uh, reference to Sinai. The Rima B'Gensi says that it means everything that God commands, not necessarily the five books of Moses. And then, interestingly, in, uh, in the Kabbalistic world, the Ben Ish-hai understands this is a reference to the Shechina, which has to do with Tzedek. And finally, the Chida tells us that it has to do with Torah Shebaal not necessarily uh, the Torah uh, in, in, in the five books of Moshe. But in any case, what we have here is an equation that's starting to form from last week's shiur, uh, uh, when we spoke about tshuva, and this week's shiur, where we see Torah referenced in a different way here, um, that Torah and tshuva have the common element of allowing us get to get closer to our Baruch Hu. So, the third co- aspect of consolation comes in the form that grief does have an endpoint. If we get to closer, greater closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Bohu, either through Torah or through the Tikkun of Tshuva, that grief uh, is replaced by the joy of ble- being close to the light of the universe, being close to HaKadosh Baruch Bohu. I will just mention, and, and uh, I'm not going to uh, spend much time on this at all here. Uh, that we be, spoke earlier about listening backwards. Um, th- this is not the first time we've seen it. Last week we had Hagidu otiotla kor So Rashi says uh, in, Membet, uh, in our parak, he says, that's what you need Naviam for, because Nevi'im will tell you where the beginning and the end, he'll tell, reveal the secrets of the end and, and the beginning. Finally, uh, we come to uh, the Shir Khadash. So, uh, g- going very quickly here, um, I would tell you that, the, that there are two forms of Shir Kadash. Type 1 is universal and inclusive, right? Uh, think of, uh, look at Tihilim tsarivav, right? Shiru Lashem Shir Chadash, Shiru Hashem Kol ha-aretz, right? Kol Ha'amim flotav. everybody get into the choir, right? And then you have a more inclusive, national Shir chadash, like in, in Tehillim Kuf memtet, Halleluah, Shir LaShem, Shir where tilato chasidim, not up the street in Shari Chesed necessarily, but you know, chasidim nonetheless, kirot This is very exclusive. This is just our club. So now the question is, so where, which, which of the Shir Chadash uh, does Perik Mem Bet follow? So going back to Pasukvab. This is the mission of the Jewish people. This is, uh, we are with Kuf Mem Tet. Our Shir Chadash here is a Brit Am, it's exclusive, and it has to do with our destiny in, in the world. The Borei shamayim V'Aretz who made us his bichiri HaAvdi, you know, uh, this is where things work backwards from Bereshit, We have been given a a challenge as a nation and the reason that we're in exile is because we broke the deal. We didn't follow through with what we were supposed to do. Look at Pasuk Hav It's all about V'lo Sham'u B'torato V'lo Avu B'dirachav So the last point that I really want to make here before we wrap this up together is the fourth aspect of Consolation. Look at this Amazing, and I thank Rabbi Benny Lau for mentioning this uh, in, in a shir, and then uh, giving me the, the cite, proper citation. It's an, it's a medrash, uh, Agadat Bereshit in Perk Chet. So what happens when, Amar Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmeni, Amar Rabbi Yonason, Ish Habira, somebody from Yerushalayim, no doubt. Amru Yisraelu mot ha'olam. Omer ani lachem, be'me anu mitnachamim. How are we supposed to get nechama? What's the secret to our being able to withstand the challenge of the generations? And the reason is because after Hakadosh Baruch who punishes us and He puts us through exile and everything else, Choser miad hadasha. You know, when 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 people are in of Tsaris, when people are in, in a state of loss, they're in a the state of grief. Um, the, you you wonder about you know is there any hope is there an endpoint? Peric Membet not only tells us that there's an endpoint, but f- what it tells us is that we we will be created anew, we'll have new energies, uh, and we'll go from the the state of grief, not just to old energies and having, uh, we can't go backwards, but we, we we get renewed energies. So in chapter forty two, we we have we, we find that up to now we've had that the Nechamot of Yeshayahu were restoring a sense of lost value, and the idea that tshuva and consolation uh, can have life-giving uh, forces. And here in our parak, we had four different ideas. That the future of the Jewish people is both bright and secure. The idea that the way out of suffering and loss begins with understanding Hashem's Torah with clearer vision and understanding. And that we're not fated, you know, to live in ongoing loss there is an end to all the tzaras, and that when we are brought out of the state of darkness, that we will come out with new kochos, that we will be the, 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 that will be a chidush. So we learned a couple weeks ago in the Yerushalmi that there are four kosot of nechama, so perik Membet gives us four kosot of, of nechama, four different ways to be uh, feel consolation. Yeshayahu